Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, James Bond, apparently, because uh, today, if you're watching, we have ourselves a brand new drink, and that is a martini. Not just any martini, but an espresso martini. How did we make it, you ask? Don't worry, you silly little bitch, I'll tell you. It is with vodka and Kahlua and espresso. Don't reinvent the wheel. Don't get cute with your orange liqueurs and your little orange rind twist. No, just make the goddamn drink, all right? And that's what we're drinking. Nicole is having her maybe only second or third espresso martini ever in her life. Is this correct? Yeah, this would be probably my second, but it's very good. Is it the number one in your heart? For sure. Now, if I had this, this is what I would have loved to do, to sprinkle a few coffee beans on top, little espresso beans as a garnish, do a little three, three bean drop. That's something I would have liked to do, um, but didn't have the espresso beans to do that, unfortunately. But either way, the problem with this is that I'm going to drink it too fast. So I'm trying to just hmm, take a whisper of it each, each time I drink. and. Also, you should know, there's going to be a little bit of a different episode. There's going to be more like episode, I don't know what was the one that we did, maybe four or five or something, where we had to record back-to-back episodes. So this is coming off the heels of last week's episode. We came right back. We went from our margarita. Now we're double-dipping, second drink. So this episode is going to be loose. It's going to be off the rails. Again, if you're just watching the show for the first time, welcome. Where have you been? We've been waiting for you. This is a podcast with strong cocktails. Stronger opinions. So I will uh, talk about things I hate. I will talk about things I love passionately and defend it to the death. And you guys can help form the show if you want by sending me things that you that bother you, things that you think would bother me. Send them to snarkypodcast at gmail.com. And if you're new here, like I said, welcome. Check out the other episodes. Leave a review. Tell a friend. And um, let's get let's get going because I had something that happened to me when I was coming back from Skankfest a few weeks ago. I was flying back from Houston. And here's my thoughts. I'm a big exit row guy. I'd love to be in the exit row, but in an actual emergency, they come over before the flight and they make you verbally consent to, in case of an emergency, to like helping and opening up the door and all that other stuff. And, you know, just... Full transparency. In an actual emergency, I got to be honest, I'm probably not helping anybody. You know, like I, listen, I would like to think that I will be. I'm not going to set my mind that I'm not going to help anyone. But chances are, if I'm in a life or death situation, it's going to be, let me get out of this plane to safety and then I can help others. You know, like I can help others by going to get help. You know, I'm kind of like George Costanza in the episode of Seinfeld where there's a fire and he barrels into the women and children, throwing them out of the way to get out of the door first so that he can lead them to help. So that's kind of how I feel about the emergency exit row. And every time they ask me, I can tell that the woman knows that I'm not going to help. She's like, can you say it? And I'm like, yes. And what is she going to do? Once I've consented, she can't be like, I call bullshit on that. You you gotta get out. You gotta because I'm doing it for the legroom, you know. But if it, here you do it for the legroom and you pay the extra seventy five dollars so that you can guarantee yourself the first one out of this burning, sinking, crashing plane, you're out. You're the first one out, and that's there's no you can't put a price on that. You can. It's seventy five dollars, but that is a pri- small price to pay. Imagine if you're in 28C and you got to just climb over the mountains. of. You think anybody is going to, in the exit row, is going to be like, wait, where's 29C? Where's 28? Where's, where is everyone accounted for? No, they're going to rip that door open, jump on the flotation device, and swim far away before you even get in. Nicole, do you sit in the emergency exit row or are you too like short of a person where they're like, you're not capable? I mm, don't think that really matters, uh, but I don't like sitting there because I don't like the responsibility. Like, I took a CPR class. I'm certified. Can't remember a single thing, so I don't want to be in any situation like that where it's like, 
I can't. It's a help. fun little CPR flex you did there. I'm CPR certified, so that you know. I don't remember how to do it despite taking it. That's not even remotely a flex. I, I did CP. I know how CPR. I know how to do it. And the hind, like, how do you forget how to do CPR? What do you mean? There's no way to forget it. My mind's a blank. I don't know. I I just if don't I started, want. If I die, if I was falling, if I like was got. My thing is, I don't know when to do CPR on right. people. I know when to do the Heimlich, but like if I just saw someone passed out, like what? when do I give them CPR? Under what circ do I have to watch them have a heart attack? Is it like I can't breathe? Like what do you do where you're like, this person needs CPR? I have no idea, but also the same thing with the Heimlich, that is where my height comes into play because you have to be at like a certain angle or whatever, right? So if you hypothetically choked on an espresso bean right now, like I wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Yeah, that would be, that would suck to watch you do nothing as I died. That would be very unfortunate. I could just see you being like, man, this this is going to take you a while, huh? You know, like I, I could see you be like going back on your phone, kind of just scrolling for a little bit, occasionally checking in with me as I turn blue on the ground, being like, yeah, I mean, it's it's been seven minutes. You'd think that he'd be he'd be out cold by now, and yet he's still clawing at my jeans for help. So, but I feel like you could just do like a thing where you could like jump on my stomach and just make the you know the espresso bean come flying out or something. You know, I guess. I mean, I can't really argue that logic. There you go. It sounds my logic sound. If nothing else, folks, you hear it first. My logic is sound. Um, speaking of logic, there's something illogical. I would like to address with everybody in the consumer world. And this is to everybody who creates irons, steamers, any sort of thing where you need to fill. And I have right here in my possession a perfect example. Uh, this, is, this is my iron. And uh, Black & Decker's not paying me for this, so don't worry about it. Now, if you'll notice on this iron here, um, it has a line where you can't put more water in it. It says max. It's the max fill line, right? And my problem is that it is never at the top of the reservoir. You are making the iron. You're making the reservoir. You know how much water it can hold. Why is the max fill line not the maximum, the top that you could fill it? Why is there an extra space? that is empty, that you're making me have to measure, I have to do science experiments. I left my beaker in fucking eighth grade chemistry. I don't have the capacity to pour it out and look, pour it out, that's not enough, that's too much. What happens if it's too much? Does it explode in my face? Why wouldn't you just make the reservoir be the size? It's as if they ordered the reservoirs and were like, shit, it's not the right size. Let's just take three inches off the top and make people figure it out and tell them, I guess, to go fuck themselves. Like, what am I supposed to do? I've never got it right once. I've never been happy about it. And every single one that I go to is always, it's, the line is never at the top. They do it on purpose and I hate it. Nicole, do you know why? And do you agree with this frustration? I have no idea why they do that. I've never really thought about it. I could see why it might make sense in something that's using pressure, like an instant pot, but in something that just has water. I don't know why it matters. Yeah, just pull it all the way to the top. And now I feel like I'm talking exclusively here to mostly women because a lot of men, if you look around in this, in this day and age, a lot of wrinkled t-shirts floating around this world, you know, especially in New York City. And I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a big, I don't iron a lot, you know, I don't iron on a daily basis, but I'm not going to look like a fucking scumbag, you know? Like, I don't think, Nicole, do you find it less attractive, more attractive, or no difference when a guy has a very wrinkled shirt on? I hate it. I won't allow it for myself either. Like, if I've let something get wrinkly, I just put it back in the dryer, completely dry, to, like, steam it. Oh, that's interesting because my, that's my only problem with my drop-off laundry service is the way they fold it, it's like in a tight, neat, package which looks very good to stack in your drawers but when you take it out it's like two deep wrinkles down the middle of the chest the arms look like an accordion and it's just like every t-shirt i have looks like it was punched into my drawer it's just a ball and now every single one of them has to get steamed or something like that but again this whole thing of being like 
I don't give a shit, man. Like, that's just, that's my style. That's who I am. I'm a fucking, what's your style? Lazy? Is that your fun, is that your fun, cool little personality you're trying on? Guy who doesn't care so much that he's willing to look like a slob? I'm not saying you gotta be fucking buttoned. Listen, not everybody can be this. You can't all be buttoned up and have it all put together, but sometimes just put in the minimum amount of effort. Is that too hard to ask of people is to be like, hey, don't look like you slept in your clothes and you toss and turn in your sleep. You know, that's, that's my request. That's it. I don't know. I'm looking at how much of this I've already drank and there's so much show left and it's going to be a problem. Well, in other news, a.k.a. the same news, I just looked it up. I guess the Maxville line is just so the iron doesn't leak, but I feel like it just leaks anyways. Just, first off, the iron always leaks. Every iron always leaks. It sucks. There's the, why, why is water coming out the holes all of a sudden? Now my half of my shirt's but Don't. I thought there would be so much of a better reason why there was a Maxville line. I thought they'd be like, well, it has to have a certain amount so that the steam could you know, heat up. If it's not even that, if it's just so that water doesn't leak out, Fix your goddamn Maxville Reservoirs. There is not a person on the planet doing a podcast right now that will spend as much time and energy on the Maxville lines of irons and steamers as this guy right here, and that's why it's not getting a lot of views yet. But I will do this until the day I die. I will go viral if I have to, and then put all my eggs into the Maxville line basket. I am pissed about it. I will not relent on this, and it is a crusade I will take on and hope that you will join me in my quest. That is all. Thank you. Um, now, there are other quests that you go, I feel bad for. Like, people that have learned a trade only for it to be replaced by technology and or cultural evolution, right? So... That's nothing new, right? Think about film projectionists, for instance, right? That was a great, steady job for 50-something years. It's like, I'm the guy. I'm the projectionist guy. I'm the one that switches the reels of film halfway into the episode. There was an art to that. And I was, you know, maybe there had to be somebody who was the best at it, or it was some, like, little film projectionist prodigy that spent all of his time and energy. People probably like learned how to do that very well at hundreds and hundreds of hours of studio, a studio. I was going to say tutoring and studying. And I went studying, which I'll remind you is nothing, but uh, you know, it's such, and then all of a sudden, bam, technology comes. We don't need it anymore. That job wiped off the face of the planet. And that even a thing about jobs, but I think about like, culturally, right? What was a big thing back in there's that new Ben Affleck movie and Matt Damon that came out and they have to they're knights and they they joust and they fight and they duel or whatever the hell. Jousters. At one point, there was people who was like there was a guy who was the greatest jouster in the world. Like he and that was probably such a source of pride. That would be the equivalent of being like the greatest NBA player. Like they, they were the LeBron James of jousting. And he thought he would be remembered forever because he's a superstar athlete, undefeated. He was probably like, you know, probably had some cool badass name like, you know, Broughton the, the Jouster or something like that, you know. And they were like, is that a type of sausage? And you're like, I don't know, but it sounds like you don't piss him off because he's going to joust you to death. And I am just impressed with that. But I feel bad that we don't remember. I mean, I've never been able to. I couldn't name a knight let alone one sort of jouster or gladiator or any sort of barbaric type of old school fighting thing. But these poor people, you think back then, that was their whole life. They must have thought like, I'm going down, I'm doing something good. With my, I'm going down in history as the greatest jouster, the greatest fighter to ever live. And we don't even talk, we don't even do jousting anymore. And now it's gone. Don't you feel bad for them, Nicole? A little bit. A little bit. I This is something that has never really crossed my mind, but... It's wasted talent, you know? I mean, or I shouldn't even say wasted talent. It's it's wasted, uh, you know, I, I guess it, it, it stopped being remembered with time, which is unfortunate because everybody, for the most part, whether you're in the entertainment industry or an athlete 
or whatever, or musician, you want to have a legacy, right? Like that's why people who are accountants or have like normal day jobs who have no aspirations of being, you know, a celebrity of any kind or like that, you have kids, you know, because that then that, that becomes your legacy is that you're the lineage and stuff. But everybody wants to have a life that has made some sort of impact and that hopefully will be remembered, you know? I'm sick of these people who go, oh, not me, baby. I'm just, we're all just matches in the wind, you know? We just light it and flame on and flame off. And then who cares where this ride takes us? I'm not here for a long time. I'm just here for a good time. And you're like, I know that you have night terrors. I know that you think about your mortality more than any single one of us. How about that? How about you go ahead and stop pretending like you're not terrified of death, okay? And I don't really think about mortality a lot. Um, I'm not too, I'm not to say that I'm not worried about death. I just think that I'm going to, my, I have a, a long, my family lives quite a while, um, but I'm either gonna die quickly and tragically, which would be almost preferable, or old and the old one that's where you start to be like i don't care about being an old guy i kind of like the idea of being an old guy it sounds very fun you'd be like oh you don't want to be 90 ah everything hurts your back it's like you can't do anything it's like here's the great thing about being 90 you don't gotta do anything you know you're a 90 you sit there you wake up at 4 a.m because that's when you wake up you wake you you have raisin bran you have a coffee you try to watch the news, but you can't really see it. You fall asleep in your rocking chair. You wake up. You have a cocktail. You get drunk. You take another nap. You wake up. You get fed food. Then you go to bed and you do that for the rest. You live the life of a cat, you know? Like you don't even, have, you can shit wherever you want. Someone will take care of you. At that point, that's all you got to worry about in your life. Don't worry about your mortality. Worry about either having kids that'll take care of you or making enough money to pay somebody to take care of you if you're not going to have kids. And that's kind of the best way to do it, I think. You know, being old sounds like it rocks. Do you want to be old, Nicole? Oh my God, I must just knock this over. <laughs> that made me, that, I, and I'm sure you saw this on camera, that sent a shockwave of adrenaline and fear through my body that went down and went to my fingertips. And when it got to my fingertips, it felt like somebody whipping a towel at the end of my finger. Like, it was like shocks at the end of him. Whew. Nicole, your thoughts? I couldn't really be present with you in that moment because I'm behind like five computers and we can't make eye contact for the entire episode. Oh, I meant about the old thing. Um, yeah, I just wanted to offer that up. Anyways, um, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't love to be shitting all over the place, as mentioned. <laughs> it's, but... not, it's not that you have to, but it's an option, which is nice. It's not an option now. If it is, they'd throw you in a fucking padded cell. Yeah, I feel like old people can kind of just like say absurd shit and no one bats an eye and they're just like, can that's, say... that's grandma, like she's, you know how she is. You like... can be so picky. No, I don't want pork chops. I want just mashed potatoes and gravy. Grandpa, that's not enough of a food. I didn't live for 90 years and wipe your ass when you were a kid to not have mashed potatoes when I want. You know, like it's, you can just, you can put up absurd fights and it's so fun and you can impart like just so much wisdom to the youth. And it doesn't have to be good wisdom. It could be like, you know, here's how to fucking cheat on your taxes. Like it's just, you, you just want to share. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a, I'm going to be the first person to write a book at 90 and that's something I just thought of that for sure a bunch of people haven't done in the past. So don't look it up. But I think I'm going to write a book at 90 and just say, here's how I've lived a life of scamming and you should too. Colon, the Mike Feeney story. Thanks for buying the book, even though books are probably not a thing anymore because it's 60 years past when books are popular. And that's that. Um, it'll be a long time. We're workshopping the title, but it'll be pretty good. I see my dog in the corner is growl doing warning barks. <laughs> he's doing the thing where he goes, <laughs> it almost looks like he's burping and just kind of having like acid re. Oh, come on, Jeet. You're going to fuck up my whole podcast. God damn it. Jeter. All right. Sorry about that, folks. 
dogs, you know? You try and hit them, but they don't listen. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I love the idea of sleeping anytime I want as I get older. I feel like at right now, if you take naps, you're, you're, people see you as lazy, you know? We're like, naps, Jesus Christ, what are you, you could be doing so much today, you know? And to me, sleep, it really is a drug. Isn't it, Nicole? Yeah, I love sleeping. I look forward to it so much. It's kind of upsetting. Now, and I'm not saying that I'm more tired, but I've never been less tired after taking a nap. You know, like I, I'm just the tired does not change. And I've been thinking about it. And sleep really is. Like it, it, I think it's on the same level of like a narcotic, like of a drug, because. You sleep too little, you're short-tempered, you go through physical withdrawals of being tired, right? You're like a zombie, you could hallucinate if you don't have enough sleep. Too much, and you're groggy, and you're out of it. Yet for some reason, all you want is more. You know, I slept 12 hours last week. I woke up, first thing I wanted to do, go right back to bed. All I could think of was, fuck, I'd love to do more of that. That's a drug addict mentality that we have towards sleep. I've shucked responsibilities, canceled plans to sleep. I feel like you're in a cracked end. You draw the curtains, you know, you put tinfoil on the windows. That's what you guys do when you go to sleep, right? That's sleep. That's what it is. It's a drug, you know? I think it's, uh, we got something there. There's the FDA, not the FDA. Somebody needs to investigate it, but FDA's food and drug. But I guess they, they would do it because they're a drug. FDA does the, like, cocaine research and stuff, right? The cocaine research. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Nicole, if you if you repeat the thing I just said back to me in a snarky tone like that, the show's done. I'm all repeating right? it solely for myself because I'm trying to keep up. Like I'm not well. The I've been cocaine, unwell since this started. The cocaine research. Like just that's the show, everyone. You want to see snarky, you've got one. You've got one on the producer, Mike. My drink's done. <laughs> and now I have a lot of show left. So again, this episode will be different from the rest. Okay? I'm going to need more time to figure out things. I turned to a page being like, I got plenty more. It's blank. All right? So what we'll do is we'll panic internally while talking externally, and we'll reroute. And we're good. I have more things here. Um, here's something. I don't know if this means anything to anybody but me. I have observed over my life, everybody's aunt, and I say aunt, not aunt. I don't know if come at me, I guess, if that's a thing. That's another thing. I'll stop right there and do that. Fuck that person, huh? If you're a person who goes, someone says aunt, and you're like, aunt, it's aunt. Get the fuck out of Dodge. You know, I, I'm so sick of people being like, you say Mario, it's Mario. All of these things that people try to be like, and then they, and then with this, it's not this, it's this. I, I'm saying aunt, and I don't give a shit. What do you say, aunt or aunt? I say aunt, but I also say Mario. What do I say? I say Mario, I yeah. think. Super Mario, brother. Yeah, I say Mario. I say Mario, I say aunt. You got a problem? Take it up with the fucking judge. How about that? Um, everybody's aunt aunt is a worrier. Do you find that everybody, my aunts, all worriers? They, they're even the. I have great aunts. They're fantastic aunts, loving, kind, wonderful people. But they worry a lot. Everybody's aunts that I know, worriers. Even the fun. Crazy ants are still like, are you doing okay? Watch out, be careful, don't drive too late at night, wear your glasses. Like the, every single ant that I know is a worrier and I don't know why. Nicole, have you experienced this? Do you find this to be true? Please agree with me. Yes, extremely. Perfect. I would say I maybe 10% of my ants are like, okay. How many ants do you have? I have a lot. My mom has four sisters and they are... So what's 10% of four? One person. <laughs> <laughs> so 25% of your aunts. 
Oh, I ain't no one of them math guys. But if I'm crunching the numbers up here in the old noggin, sounding like a lot more like 25% of your answer. But that still is a 75% success rate. And that if you do that, you're walking into the Hall of Fame. So I think we're... We're, we're on the same page. Everybody's aunt is a worrier. I don't know. Uncles, the exact opposite. Most uncles couldn't be less of worriers. They're, they're fucking free spirits, man. They're, uncles are known for many things. They're known as the drinkers. You have the uncle that's... Uh, there's, there's like a stereotype of various uncles. There's not a lot of stereotypes of aunts. There's like the crazy aunt, I guess. But then there's usually, they're all worriers. Uncles, you got the drunk uncle. The guy who comes in drunk on holidays says some racist shit or just some wild shit. You have um, the unemployed uncle who's like doesn't work anymore and you're not sure why or how he has enough money to like get by. But like it's not discussed ever because something's going on sort of a situation. Maybe there was a lawsuit against the city years ago. Uh, And then you also obviously I mean, you have the diddling uncle. You always have the. The molestation uncle, they're known for that for some reason. Um, but I mean, my uncles, let's see, I had, I have, I have three uncles. Uh, one is a musician, laid back, drinker, good guy, partier, funny. Uh, the other uncle, high school principal, stern, but very kind and fair, very fair. He's very fair. I will say that. He's not going to put up with any bullshit because he's a principal. I wouldn't want to have been raised by him, but uh, happy to be a a nephew. And then my other uncle, wrestling fan, the one that didn't have a job. You're not sure where the money came from situation. And let me stay up late and smoke cigarettes two feet from me my whole childhood. So you're like, you know, it's, it's you have the type of uncle. How are all your uncles? Yeah, it's the same. They're all very chill because they're all married into the family since there's so many sisters. All my uncles are Uh, very quiet. Like they all stand in the corner together. They're all really funny, but they're like, I'm just going to let this happen and like watch from afar. But that being said, they're almost too chill because one of them like pranks people all the time and like maced his children as a joke. Like thought it was funny. Maced? Yes. His children, how old were his children? Um, elementary school, pretty young, too young to get maced by their father, but too young to get maced. Yeah, I mean, just a tad too young to get maced. I need every absolute detail of that story right now. Nicole, go. I don't really have many as the sad part. Like, I think they were maybe just like, you know, being kids doing their thing and then he Please like tell me threw it was some mace in the car or something. Please, for your uncle's sake, make it like an accident. You know what I mean? I like can't. just, <laughs> I, I, can't. Tr- I truly can't. There's no way to defend it. Just being like, kids, I got this mace. You better watch out. Oh no! And then it sprays near them or something. Like that. But he like pulled the pin on a, a mace grenade and threw it into a closed car with them. As far as I understand, yes. Wow. All right. So super bad guy who should not be in charge of his kids anymore. But I all of my uncles, I'm realizing every single one is family. None of my uncles are. I don't have one uncle that's married in. They're all actual like blood. Yeah, all of mine are married because my my dad has one sister and my mom has four sisters. This is. We're learning a lot. And while we're learning, let's. I would like to learn more about Nicole um, because we found out about her camo croquis a couple of weeks ago. Somebody beautifully commented the C in Nicole C. Lyon stands for camo croquis. So if you ever see her, just go camo croquis. What up, what up, what up? And then she goes and she pretends that she picks up croquis that aren't there and puts them on her head and goes bang, bang and does like a, a finger gun thing. It's super embarrassing, but she does it. Um, but your dad... Ha, is is a listener. I don't know if he's a listener to the podcast or if he just knows the format, but he has submitted um, a long request, comment, question, concern for the podcast, right? Yeah, he did. My Both my parents listen, which is like a new thing for me. They don't really... Oh, I love that. They don't really listen to much of this stuff, but 
I mean, I wouldn't love for them to be listening to YKWD, so I'm cool with that, but... Yeah, they... My mom... I, I think my mom listens to this, so hi, my mom and Nicole's mom and dad. Um, isn't it fun when they figure out podcasting? It's kind of a it's kind of a fun a fun nightmare for us, you know. Where you're like, we could say whatever we want, and then your mom calls you and's like, "Why did you say that on that episode?" And you're like, "Well, I didn't know you were listening, and now everything's got to go through that filter from here on out." So please don't figure out Patreon, you know. Um, let's let's get to your dad's let's get to your dad's text. Can you just read your dad's text uh, in full? If you have it. Uh, yeah, let me pull it up. Hold pull on it on up. Because Nicole's dad. And also, thanks to Nicole's dad for and mom for being on here. Tell them, have they left a five-star review yet? I don't know if they know that much about Son podcasting, but when I go home for Thanksgiving, best no. believe I will leave that. Do you need help? Okay. I'll that? get it. I'll get it. You pull up the text. I've got it. Pull it. Go for it. Okay. Ask Feeney how long he'll wait in a line to eat at a restaurant. In parentheses, not a special occasion. You know I won't wait as I don't think any restaurant is, all caps, that good. I think mom would wait forever if it was a place she really liked. I'd be willing to wait about 20 minutes just to avoid having to drive someplace else. Mm -hmm. I'm only one-fourth of the way through. However, if the place had a decent bar where I could wait, in parentheses, where it was quiet and not too crazy and I could carry on a conversation, I'd wait up to an hour. In my view, there are really no places worth waiting in line for. When mom and I went to Alabama to watch the SEC baseball tournament. Such a dad text. We went to a Papado, don't know what that is, seafood restaurant. No one's ever known what that word was. <laughs> and the wait was two and a half hours and people were actually waiting outside. No bar, freaking nuts. Here's the biggest red flag of all. I'd rather go to a Long John Silver's <laughs> and grab some fish sticks if I was doing <laughs> Dude, I'm not okay. Dude, if I was jonesing for seafood that badly, end of text. Now, I think this will probably take us for the rest of the episode because we have just so much to unpack. Now, first off, um, I love how long would you wait? There's no restaurant that's that good. Now, obviously, there are restaurants, but I will say, in principle, um, for the most part, I agree with his stance. Uh, Erica is a staunch, no-line woman. She hates waiting on lines. Um, she sees it as a personal offense, and she says she sees it as an attack on her place in society because, you know, people high in society don't wait on no lines, okay? So I understand that. Um, I did like how he threw your mom right under the bus and you're like, mom would fucking wait, but I'm not waiting, you know? I, I Up to 20 minutes is very short of an amount of time to be like, that's it. Now, I will go with him on this. If the place has a bar, a good bar, the line, the line uh, time is added tremendously to what I will wait. If you're telling me what's the longest I will wait for food, at a place that doesn't have um, a bar, I would say I would say probably like 20, 20 to 30 minutes if it's like famed and acclaimed and everybody is talking about it. That's about the most I do. There are a bunch of places in the story where people wait an hour and a half, two hours every single week because it sells fucking brunch. Because they're like, well, guess what? They not only sell eggs, but they dust their eggs with Captain Crunch. And you're like, that's not worth it. And by the way, they're $17 eggs. You're like, eh, it's not worth it. Now, you throw in a decent bar, we're in a totally different situation. I'm willing to wait up to an hour, to an hour and a half if, if I have a great bar. A lot of places, what I like to do is I'll put my name on a list and then go leave and go to another bar, wait for the text or the call. There is a great place in Astoria Seafood restaurant, very famous, by the name of Taverna Ciclides. And uh, it, is a, it is a seafood, Greek seafood restaurant, family style. You could go there right now. You could go there on a Friday night. You can go there on a Wednesday afternoon. It will be the same line, which is upwards of an hour and a half to two hours. And they don't take reservations and fuck you. Uh, and I think it's cash only. They're just, they're killing it. 
unbelievable Greek food and seafood, right? But here's what they do, which is why they're the best. While you're waiting in line, they come around with free red and white wine for you to drink while you wait in line. It is the best. And when we were younger, Erica and I, we would go there mainly to get drunk for free. And then if we lasted long enough, we'd also get Greek food. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you just get on that line. It's a Friday night. Who wants to go out drinking for free? And let's go stand in line in Astoria. People watch, drink white wine. and It's all house cheap shit, but you're like, you're getting drunk for free. And then you're like, am I too drunk? Should I just go home? And then as you're like, you know what? We're going to get off the line. They go, Feedy party of three or whatever. Then you go, let's go eat a ton of food. And then you buy a ton of food and you're good to go. That's the way to do it. I love a good bar. But if you don't have a bar, you cannot make me wait for almost any length of time. How long would you wait? Um, I can't even respond because I have to say this. I just looked up this place. I thought like Papado or whatever it is, is like a type of food. I think this is a legitimate chain restaurant. A chain Yes. Like a cheesecake factory thing? Yes. Like when I, it, no. the, the suggested things next to it were like Texas Roadhouse. No. Yeah. You can't, you can't wait on a chain like that. It's, um, although I will say this, did I talk about this? The H and H, oh, the, the Essa, uh, Essa bagel story. Did I talk about this? Nicole? You did on the Patreon. On the Patreon. Well, just to quickly tell it on this, uh, I, I was, this is an example of a line. Uh, Essa bagel is like, one of the highest, most popular bagel places in New York City. Very, very popular. Always a line. I was in the city. I had an hour to kill. I was on the phone with my dad. I see a line, like, you know, 15, 20 people out the door. And I go, whatever. I'm on the, I got time to kill. I'm on the phone. I want a bagel. I'll get a bagel. I'm on the, it takes about a half hour to get into the door. I hang up the phone. Now my phone call's over. I open the door thinking it, the counter is going to be right there. Uh-uh. Instead, it snakes like two and three all the way down. It's like an additional 30 to 40 minutes. And now I'm stuck at this crossroads of do I leave a pot committed to 30 minutes already to get this goddamn bagel or do I get off the line? And of course, I convinced myself it wouldn't take long. And I went and got the bagel and it took an additional 40 fucking minutes. And I waited over an hour for a goddamn bagel. And when I got to the front, I was like, I'll have a cinnamon raisin bagel with cream cheese. And they were like, cool. What are the other 30 things that you're getting? Obviously, because you've been waiting so long. And I go, no, that's it. And then they go, wow. Order's coming up in a few minutes. So I just, I felt like an idiot. I'll never do it again. Very good bagel. But I'll never, ever, ever do that again. And only because I had time to kill. But normally I'm not into that. The other place that would be worth waiting, Au Chevelle in Chicago. Uh, and I guess they have one in New York too. Best burger in the country. Rated. best. It's going to blow your mind if you go. If for some reason you live anywhere near Chicago and you haven't gone there, go there and get it right now. It's the best. That'd be worth, I'd wait up to an hour for that. Even if there was, no, not if there wasn't a bar. But if there, if I could bring, if I knew there wasn't going to be a bar, I would bring some road sodas and hang out. That's what you got to do. You got to bring some road sodas. You hang there. You drink. Um, but let's continue on because there's more stuff about it. So I agree. In principle, I'm, I'm on board with your dad for pretty much all of this. Um, two and a half hour line for a chain, though? Apparently, I mean, that's insanity, but also that like that's where they went is a now, little bit crazy. Let's just like scientists trying to, you know, handle nuclear energy with gloves very sensitively without exploding the entire building. Let's try to unpack that Lawn John Silvers thing, huh? Now, I've never. I've seen Long John Silvers in the wild, but I've never, I've seen commercials for him. Uh, I have never, my mom used to work at a nail salon that was across the street from a Long John Silvers. I don't know if I've ever seen a Long John Silvers standalone. 
I think they're always like Long John Silver's slash Taco Bell slash KFC. Like, I don't know that they can sustain as an entity on their own. I also have never seen anybody inside of a Long John Silver's. I've never seen a line. I've never seen a sole person ordering food at a long. I don't know what you'd get at a Long John Silver's. I assume every single thing, they should just have one thing on their menu, fried fish and chips, right? Like, is, is there, is there, what is their menu looking like at Long John Silver's, Nicole? I've only been once as a kid. The one in my hometown was connected to an A&W. Of course, see, they always are, they can't sustain. They don't have the pull to have their own thing. You know the kind of person you have to be to be like, I'm in the mood for fish, but I want it in 90 seconds. Do you know the type of person that needs their fish and they need it now and they don't care if it's been frozen and microwaved? Like, it's a very specific, um, but it's, I'll tell you this, it's never anybody in shape going to a Long John Silver's. I've never seen an Adonis walk into a Long John Silver's and go, give me the haddock, and then they, you know, and then they have a good time. Um, that said, I would like to find, can you look up if there's a Long John Silver's in New York City, or what's the closest Long John Silver's to where we currently are at this moment, Nicole? Because if there's one within 10 miles, we're going. And the only thing I ordered as a kid was hush puppies, so you might be excited <gasps> about that. Hush puppies? You know my feelings on hush puppies. I love me some hush puppies because they're just deep fried bread. I think I don't know. I don't. I can't even explain what hush puppies are, but they're so goddamn good. Um, how far away are we? The closest one is in Jersey. How many miles? It is. Let's find this out. I'm doing a drum roll. Oh no. Well, folks, <laughs> I am also excited for the answer as you. And I bet if I talk for another two to four seconds, Nicole will have the answer for us. Wait, what is the mileage threshold of you willing to go? I said 10 miles. Oh, well, uh, it's 72.4. So 72 <laughs> miles away. They can't even be within the close proximity of New York City. They have to, 72 miles is, you can get to three different states from here, all right? That is wild. 72 miles is the closest. There's one in Long Island, unless that one is gone. That's probably 60 miles. I'm not seeing one there. Maybe it went out a bit. Maybe the fucking KFC slash Taco Bell closed and they had no, no choice. Yeah, I mean, the next time I say a Long John Silver's, it's like an Arby's, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. It's, it's, it's gonna, you can't, it's like seeing a, you know, a, a unicorn in the wild. You're never gonna find it, you know? But if you do, I bet your dad's a big Long John Silver's guy, huh? Well, not really, but I will add this concerning message that he sent to me afterwards. He was asking if you ended up talking about this and if you got some mileage out of it. And I'm like, we're gonna talk about it, don't worry. And he said- I love that, that by the way. Can we stop right there for a second? Uh -huh. I love the, did it make it to air? Uh, <laughs> the, the- Slightly self-conscious, but also like, this is pretty good. Like, don't, don't sleep on the gold kind of a topic, you know? <laughs> and it is, but not for the reasons I feel like he thinks, you Probably know? Probably not. Um, um, but but I said, yeah, I don't know if we're going to talk about the wait times or the fact that you said you'd eat at Long John Silver's. And he said, hey, if you're lucky, you'd get the one with the A&W attached and get a root beer float with your fish sticks. Now, I mean, first... Gross, but I but I will say A and W. If you're gonna get a root beer from anywhere, I mean they're they're the root beer connoisseurs. I understand making a root beer for. Also, I'll say I've never been to an A and W. I didn't know until I was 23 that A and W was anything more than root beer. I didn't know that they had a restaurant in which they served stuff. Uh, I had what what kind of food do they serve? Just I'm looking burnt. up the menu, but I only remember like hot dogs. Like there's got to be more stuff. Right? Imagine if it's just <laughs> root beer and hot dogs. They should be a cart on the corner of Sixth Avenue. They should not be an established franchise if that's the case. Do you ever remember? Did you ever have pudgies near you? Pizza? No. What it's is a it? chicken plate. It was like a KFC, but I guess it was like a more of a Long Island chain. It was called pudgies, which is also like. So everybody who ate there was pudgy, you know? And like, that was a thing that my family, we would, we would get pudgies chicken. It's just as like a, 
it was fine. I think they all went out of business. That's so funny because I had a Pudgy's near me growing up, which I also think is a chain, but it's Pudgy's Pizza. Oh, look at that. Pudgy's is a is a weirdly good name because it sounds like you're fat shaming, but it also is like, we know what we are. So it's kind of self-aware. It's and kind that, of cute in a way. Yeah. Oh, you little pudgies, you know? So that's pretty cool. Um, you know what else is cool? Leaving a five-star review. Thank you to everybody who has continued to. That helps the algorithm. Go to iTunes. Go on your iPhone. Leave a five-star review. Tell a couple friends about the podcast. I know you're listening to this podcast, maybe on your commute to work. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're remote uh, working, and then that's fine. But I would recommend watching it on YouTube because... It, there's the visual component. I mean, hello, look at this. Pretty fun to look at. You know, I'm making faces. I'm doing eyebrow things. I'm almost knocking over my glass. You get to see the drink. You get to wish you were drinking too. Maybe you drink along with me. You got Nicole putting up killer graphics like this right here, which I assume will just say killer graphics, but like in flames, you know? And like um, word and, art. Yeah, see, it's, and it's really, it really, it really adds to the show. And I had uh, a buddy yesterday say that he really enjoys snarky, but he was like, then I started watching on YouTube and it it's a whole nother level of enjoying the show. So that feels good to hear. So again, go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Mike Feeney Comedy. You can listen to, uh, you can watch my album, Rage Against the Routine for free while you're there, or you can watch all nine episodes of snarky. Um, like I said, leave a comment, give it a little thumbs up. Things that don't cost you a dime would be great. It helps us out and, uh, you know, makes Nicole, all of Nicole's efforts not be in vain, you know? So that would be great. I'm pretty happy with the product we're putting out. What do you think, Nicole? I love it. I'm having so much fun. We're having a good time. And, you know, maybe that's because we're getting drunk and doing it, but we're having a good time. So uh, again, do all that. Come out to see me live. Uh, you can go to MikeFeeneyComedy.com for tickets. I will be very important because you're listening to this on November 30th. Next weekend, I will be at Laughs in Seattle. Comedy Club, come out. It's going to be great. It's my birthday weekend if you need more incentive. It's my birthday on Friday. I got two shows. It's going to be so much fun. Come out there. Tell your friends in Seattle or if you live nearby. I haven't been to Seattle since 2000. I think 17 or something. So I'm very excited to go back. I had a good time with that club last time. I want to move some tickets. So Seattle, 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 come the 10th and 11th. Also, if you're in the tri-state or closer area, I will be doing New Year's Eve at Mohegan Sun Comics Roadhouse. I will be there December 30th, 31st, and the 1st, uh, which is Saturday, January 1. So it'll be it'll be great. I mean, I'm not doing a uh, a show that goes into midnight. The 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 eight the, there's an 8 p.m. show on the 31st. It's great. It's over by 9:30. You can still go around the casino, have fun for the actual countdown. You don't need to be at a comedy show where a comedian is trying to fucking time his set with the countdown of the clock, and then it ends up being this nightmare that has to go back into material. They are doing a drag show at 10 p.m. afterwards. So that'll be very fun. The drag show is spectacular and probably will, unfortunately, sell significantly more tickets than I will. But it's a great show. I've seen it and it's fantastic. And they're the ones that are going to count you down. So come for me, stay for the drag show or vice versa, whatever you got to do. I'll be there uh, the 30th, 31st and 1st. Also in January, I will be at uh, Laughs Boston, January 20th. First time I'm ever performing in Boston. Tickets are on sale now. Grab them, get them, tell friends. I've never done comedy in Boston in my entire career. And I love, I hate Boston because I am a New York sports fan, but I secretly love that city. I love how cute it is and small. And you guys think it's like a big city. It's adorable. Uh, but I, I love the people there because they very much remind me of New York, Long Island and Jersey crowds, which is just kind of like, Salt of the earth. I'm going to drink. I'm going to have a good time. I, you know, I don't owe you a fucking thing. Just because I bought a ticket, you better goddamn make me laugh. I love that. Love the adversarial approach. Not like the Midwest where they're just nice. You know, I like to have to earn it. So, uh, you know, come out to that show. And I got more dates coming to MikeFeeneyComedy.com. But please make sure you buy tickets. Um, we'll have a good time. We'll all party it up. Uh, Nicole, where can people find you? My Instagram's Nicole C. Lyons. That's all. That's all. Um, and outside of that, I don't think I have anything 
else to plug besides Here's the Scenario, my other podcast that comes out on Wednesdays. I do that with Mike Cannon, Brennan Sagala. We talk about hypotheticals, what if, situational stuff. It's kind of, it's just a fun little comedy obstacle course that you guys help create. So you guys can uh, listen to that for free every single Wednesday. We also have a Patreon where we do three episodes a week exclusively on Patreon. Um, between we do our bonus app, we do a, a just kind of a chill, relaxed, blunt with the boys episode where we talk about whatever we want. We also put up a bonus episode of Snarky, which is just based on suggestions and topics from the Patreon fans. And we go in and do all that stuff. So if you're enjoying this show and want an extra like 15 to 25 minutes a week of Snarky, plus a bunch of other stuff, you can get on the Patreon for as little as $5 a month. It's crazy. So get on, have fun. And uh, that's it. Let's let's you know. Let's get back into the show. Which is, someone said this to me, for true, boy oh boy Nicole. And someone didn't say for true. Oh, I was, like, I was you're talking reacting to me right now. <laughs> I was reacting to Nicole. Um, but because um, the time has flown, after this drink is empty, the time has flown. Here I thought we wouldn't have enough to talk about. Turns out I've been yammering on for upwards of fifty minutes. Um, Someone said this to me the other day. Have you ever heard this, Nicole? Hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. They said this to me and they were trying to be profound, obviously. But I thought that was someone just trying to, I thought they were just trying to like hypnotize me into doing their will, like a mantra. You know what I mean? Where they're like, hurt people, hurt people hurt people and i'm like yeah yeah let's fucking do oh no oh you were i get no i see what you're saying now i see i thought you were just trying to get me to do your bidding so i uh all right i will no longer kill the president i guess god damn it that can't be on youtube whoops sorry just kidding you know fbi i wouldn't even know where he was you know i don't own a gun you know, not that it's hard to get one, but um, I, I could easily get one. I mean, I can get one in 30 minutes or less, I bet, before I could get, before my wait at Long John Silver's, before I can get to a Long John Silver's, I could get a gun. Uh, not that I'd do anything with it, but, you know, this country, gun laws, right? Am I to, whoops, 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 whoops. All right. Um, <laughs> redacted. Zit, zit, zit. Like a glitch. <laughs> yeah. Whoops, 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 whoops. Um, so, oh, God, this has got to get over soon. Um, how about this? This has turned into, is this anything? You know, um, if you, hey, is this anything? Look at that. Boom. Where'd I get that name from? Definitely not the book on this table. Here's something fun you guys can do. Take home this with you. Um, if you're in a group of three people, or take home this with you. I didn't catch it until Nicole laughed at my words, which triggered every insecurity and anger uh, receptor, but also made me realize this can't be released. You know, like if we if we put this out, there's no telling the repercussions. <laughs> Um, if you guys are enjoying the drunk cast, you let us know in the comments. Be gentle. Um, let's just go into que I was going to talk about one thing. Let's just get into questions. Thank you for submitting questions. Submit them to snarkypodcast at gmail.com. Nicole's head is on her keyboard. Um, I, um, I got this. This is a couple we got here. We got one from, uh, who is this from? From Nick. He says, this annoys him. People who sneeze or cough and then say, sorry, COVID. It's hacky and overused. And Nick, I got to tell you, buddy, we are in direct lockstep on this one. I cannot. That was funny for the first month of COVID. You know, it's been a year and a half. We got to move on from the <laughs> sorry, COVID. It stinks and it just it's annoying. I mean, you said it perfectly. It's hacky and it's overused, what I like to do to mix it up, go a little retro. You got to mix it up. You sneeze in public, everyone looks at you, you go, sorry, AIDS. You know, you throw AIDS out there. It's fun because they're like, AIDS doesn't really kill people anymore. Also, is Mike gay or does he have a drug problem? How did he catch it? There's a lot of questions that come into it. And that's, I'm more trying to make people think, you know, um, or you just say something that doesn't even logically make any sense. You sneeze and you're like, sorry, Alzheimer's. And now they have to put the pieces of what that means together. But here's the beauty. If you say you have Alzheimer's, you can say whatever you want. 
and it gets dismissed. If you're like, it's so weird that blue pigeons fly upside down and people are like, what? And then you go, sorry, Alzheimer's. And they go, I'm so sorry. I, you know, absolute blue pigeons always, they fly upside down when they're going north for the summers. You know, like it's, it's a whole, you can kind of get away with it. And that's how you kind of like manipulate people to your own will. Um, and those are kind of things just for you. And that's fun. And then somebody else sent this question in and I, it was a couple of weeks ago, so I apologize. I lost your name where you were, but thank you very much for sending this. Again, snarkypodcast at gmail.com. Send a bunch in, send them all in. Um, people who don't return the shopping cart to the little shopping cart hut in the parking lot. You can tell a lot about a person by their willingness, willingness to leave the cart rather than walk 20 feet to return it to its home. Now, I'm a bit of a of a, I don't know where I fall on this because I'm torn. I, I hate when I try to park in a spot and there's a shopping cart there that could have easily been returned. But I also hate going, if it's more than 10 feet to the shopping cart to return it to its little home. Now I will say on the other side, I love getting a full steam of run with the cart and then ghosting it into the other shopping carts. You know, it makes that shopping cart on shopping cart smash sound that you just can't get anywhere else. You know, just that metal on metal crunch. That's a very fun thing to get. Um, I also love to auction it off to a nearby person who's trying to look for a cart or to the guy who collects carts for a job. What a great gig that is, by the way. You, you, people go like, oh, that cart, that job must suck. It's a lot of physical labor and pushing and how do they control when it's like 30 carts deep. Listen, you're out there, you know, in all types of weather. You're having a good time. You probably got music playing. You're helping a lot of people because they're like, I don't want to fucking walk the 20 feet. And you're like, I got you. Is there anything better than when you get, you finish unloading your cart to your car, you look, it's halfway across the parking lot, and you do that thing where you go, well, certainly I'm not walking all the way over there. I will wedge it in between two cars that are behind me, and then I won't have to worry about that. And then you just hear from the distance, like an angel, like Santa Claus who's coming to town, you just hear, you can leave it there, I got you. And immediately you're like, and so the day is done. You know, like all of a sudden, life's not so bad, you know? Just now I got Long John Silver's time. I can go drive there and hang out and have a good time with my cart. Nicole, do you return the cart or do you not? I, and I'm going to guess I picture you as a person who does return the cart and not because you want to be a good person, because you fear that someone's going to see you not doing it and then call you out and start a conflict with you. Yes, 100%. Yeah! But I do scooter it back. Like, I ride on the cart back. Yes. Did I ever tell you a story about my mom doing that, which is very fun? My mom had a fun moment of whimsy. I guess it, well, the cart wasn't empty. She had a full cart of groceries from... My mom's... This is, this is what moms do. They don't just go to one grocery store. They go to different grocery stores for different things. So my mom's like... She'll go to four groceries. She'll be like, I go to Publix. For the, for the eggs and the fish. And then I go to uh, Sam's Club and Costco for the, the meats and the vegetable. Like everything is like, you know where the cheapest things are or whatever. She had a full cart from like Sam's Club or something and was like, had a, that fun moment of walking back to her car and then looking around, nobody's around. And then being like, you know what? I'm going to feel young. And then did the running and then stood on the back of it to try to ride it. And it just flipped. It just went upside down, crashed all over the all over the parking lot. People came running to her aid, um, but she was okay. I mean, the the ego took more of a bruise than the physical body, but just that fun. What a fun thing life is, you know. Life just goes every as you get older. They're like, "What are you trying to be young for a sec? Fuck you. How about this? How about a bruise?" on your hip for the next three to four months. How's that feeling for you? And that's what she did. But I think I'll do that forever. I'm always going to be a ride the cart kind of a guy. Okay. Um, that's it, everybody. That's the show. Uh, there's still stuff we didn't get to, which is great. I love it. It's so fun. We'll be back in a couple weeks. I'll tell you this right now. Uh, I guarantee 
I'm coming back. I'm going to I'm going to uh, a wedding in the Caribbean and I guarantee by next week's episode I will probably be very red. Uh I think I am going to get sunburn. Um and I'm going to try not to, but I have a feeling like next week if you notice my head right here is bright red and then there's the white line, you know, I guess I'll talk about it, but regardless, thanks everybody for watching the show. You're all the best. Uh, I love you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. It's Christmas time, baby. You had the best eating holiday of the year. Now you're gearing up for Christmas or Hanukkah, you know, whatever you, whatever you fancy. No one really looks forward to Hanukkah, though, you know, seven days of fucking, you know, eight days of gifts or what it's, you know, it's not the same. I'm sorry to say. Uh, I mean, you knew that. Obviously, you grew up as a child. You saw, you saw what we have. But, um, you know, good for you for sticking to it you know with the hanukkah thing and um second fiddle i guess jewish people are fiddlers right fiddler on the roof this has gotta end goodbye